hey, you know what I believe? I believe every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible. I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where your courageous life starts. Hey there, and welcome to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. Well, today I am what I want to talk about creativity. My personal creativity went down the well, went down the shit shoot, you know, last uh, five years ago when I stopped singing and I didn't realise and I've sort of led myself into a deep, dark hole of uh, not having a creative outlet. It was only last year, at the end of last year, that uh, I was playing on an app and I realised that, bloody hell, you know, it was a colour in app and I realised how important this was. And once I actually recognised that, oh, wow, this has kicked my right brain back in, all these creative people started just dropping into my zone. And, you know, it's it's that's the magic of the universe, I guess. And one of those creative people was Patty Dobrovolsky. Now, she is amazing. And she's just sort of launched into my life and, and, and taken me on this little journey. And it's all about drawing everything. And you're going to love this. And you don't have to be an artist to enjoy it. The artists will love this. People who don't do art or draw stick figures, you're going to love this too, because uh, we're going to talk about how you can improve that and how you can actually change your life through drawing pictures. So this is, it is absolutely fantastic. So let me tell you about her. So Patty Dobrovolsky is a nationally acclaimed comic performer, high-performance business consultant, a four-time TEDx speaker, and one of her uh, one of her talks has had six million views. She's the author of two books: uh, Nine Tips to Up Your Creative Genius and Drawing Solutions: How Visual Goal Setting Will Change Your Life. Patty works with teams at all levels to up their creative genius and capture their vision and strategy into huge beautiful visuals with everyone from small to medium business owners to global clients like Nike, Starbucks, Microsoft, Amazon, and the Gates Foundation. She's known for her high energy, quick wit, and commitment to helping people and businesses achieve their goals. Now, her logo is a rocket, and by God, this woman is a rocket. Welcome, Patty. Hey, how are you, Karen? I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for getting me off my bench. <laughs> I think you were off your bench a long time ago. But... <laughs> oh, I'm sure I was off my bench. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to have you. And I just, uh, you know, I absolutely love what you're doing. And I just, you know, yeah. I love that you've gotten off the bench in your in your unique way. But I also love that you're helping other people to get off the bench in a, in a, a unique and you know, it's, it's such a fast way. It's it's really accelerates the journey for people. And I love that so much. And, you know, just to let, give people a heads up, you know, I've been doing some work with you over the last, you know, I don't know, several weeks, and I absolutely love it. And 
I lost touch with my creativity. It, it came back in all these little ways and then you've just given it this punch in the head that's, fra- I mean that in a positive way. It's absolutely yeah. fantastic. So, so thank you. I'm absolutely indebted. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Well, you were already ready for something to happen. It was just me adding a little visual element, I think to what you're already good at. And so I think the adding, you know, the drawing component to anything you do changes everything because it changes the viewer. And when you change the viewer, you actually help yourself to be a better coach. You help yourself to be a better speaker, et cetera, all that. I think it's wonderful. So tell us how you started on the drawing journey, because I know that before that you you were you had your sights set on another career. And it's funny how the road takes us on all these twists and turns to find exactly what we wanted to in the end. So tell us about your journey. Sure, sure. Well, um, and thank you for asking. Well, one of the things that um, I, I will say this is when I was in high school, I was um, the pep commissioner, which is sort of like you're in charge of all the cheerleaders and the song girls and the fly girls and everything. And you're also in charge of making posters for all of the football games, basketball, swim team, everything. And I went to a high school where there were about 1,200 people. So it was big. And so that was a lot of posters. And I had a little team that I worked with. And now I tell people that really I'm a highly paid poster girl and pep commissioner now. (laughs) But I thought that because I had good handwriting, I wanted to be an architect, but I I applied to the school and I didn't get in. My grades just weren't good enough, you know? So I decided to become an actor and, um, and I had a great and very fun career. And then I went to New York and I was able to study with a Broadway actress And she got me really excited about doing something like that. But I was a performance artist, so it was never in my wheelhouse that I was going to be on Broadway. But after I I stayed with Dale, I was like, oh, my God, I would love that. I mean, the stage door and the dressing room and the who would I meet and all that stuff. And of course, what happened was when I went back to, you know, serving at burritos, then that picture, I would run it in my head and I drew some pictures of myself on that stage. And of course it happened like three months later, not just like, you know, a year or maybe five years. No, it happened three months later. I was called for an audition. I got in the show, which never happened. And then it went to the, from this little theater, the main stage to the Kennedy center and to Broadway. And I thought, wow, what happened? And what happened with that picture? So I kind of became obsessed about the ideas of pictures. Now, I wasn't an illustrator. I'd never drawn. So mine were stick figures that I had drawn. Um, But I saw a guy in a meeting once that I was in draw a picture. And I thought, oh, my God, I think I got to learn how to do that. Because it brought all those concepts together. And so literally 20 years ago, I taught myself how to draw. And I'm still, you know, when people say, oh, you're a fantastic artist and la la la, like that, I just laugh because I think I never went to art school. I don't know what you're talking about. I went to theater school, you know? And so, um, but I know that drawing, it changes you. When you draw a picture of a future you want and then you put it up on the wall and you take small actions on it, small actions. Mm. then things happen and it's magical, uh, you know, and I have hundreds of stories from people about that magic 
that I love and I read every so often like, oh my God, that happened to him. And oh geez, she changed her whole life. And you know, like all the time like that. So no, I, I and I've even done it myself, and I can see that it it, it just it does it accelerates everything. Is it, it? What you were saying, I heard you saying in one of our um, workshops, you know, about when you and on your TED one of your TED talks too, is that you when when your brain sees it. I mean, you can explain this better than me, but when your brain sees a picture, it, it organizes it or something. So explain. Yeah, how. yeah, it organizes how you can get there. Because um, especially if you add feeling to it, then your brain, it's a problem solver. That's the way it's set up. So, you know, it's always trying to close the gap between you and whatever it is you want, whether it's to pick up a cup of coffee or whether it is to pick up your life and take it in a new direction. It's always going to serve you up with solutions. And the trick is you have to listen to them and then you have to obey. You know what I mean? You have to like get up every day and do the stuff that makes it happen. It's not just like you put up that pretty picture and then ah, then you dream it. No, that's part of it because the daydreaming part activates your hippocampus, right? That part of your memory. And it also puts this drive and fire in you. Um, but it is the small actions that you take. Every small action, if you do something and then you're done and you check it off the list, you're like, wow, God, I just did that. It wasn't so hard to do now that I know what I'm focused on because, you know, the goal is to just have one focus versus all these mini goals that we get caught up in. Yeah. And, as, and as it's also the whole success, isn't it? That one success compounds to the to the next success. And before you know it, you've got the whole picture. You know, it, it's it's done. And I think we get we get way too overwhelmed with the big picture, and we say, oh, I, I don't know how I can ever achieve this great big goal." And then the self doubt. Yeah, yeah, the self doubt sets in. And once once you actually, so if you set a big goal, there's a whole study on this that if you set a big goal and you um, start to work towards it, and it doesn't happen in the time frame you believe it should, that what happens is your brain automatically takes you down the slippery slope into your old beliefs because it's familiar with that and it feels comfortable there and it wants to self-soothe. So you don't get all anxious about the fact that you set that goal and you're not achieving it. So the way to mitigate that is to adjust the time frame for yourself like, oh, I thought that was going to take a year, but in fact, all these small goals are helping me towards that. And it might take a little longer, but it doesn't matter because I'm still being successful. You have to reframe it for your brain. Yeah. And I think also with our reticular activating system, you know, because it's it's scanning to validate whatever we're talking about. And I think if you're doing the small successes, it starts yeah. to scan for small successes, do you know, and, and then they can build. Otherwise, if you're doing the big picture, it's scanning to validate that you're going to fail. So therefore, it just it, exactly what you said, sends you down the slippery slope and that we've all been down that slippery slope and it doesn't feel great. We have. So it's also oh, not fun. And, you know, it can happen all the time. Like it, it happens to me, like out of the blue, I'll be like, well, now what, I wonder what triggered that, that I would go back to that old way of thinking. And then you have to like pick yourself up. Num number one, like this new thing I'm doing is I just stop the action and let myself feel and express what it is that I'm I'm doing instead of steamrolling myself, which I think for a long time in my life, I would just steamroll right over that. 
because I was filled with positivity. And then um, it just came back to bite me. So now I don't steamroll. I'm like, okay, yeah, all right. So this something triggered me. Now I'm re- I'm thinking of the past. Yeah, just, it's okay. Just remind yourself, you know, get your picture out if you've drawn a picture of the future you. And it is hard. It's, it's, you know, the toxic positivity, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, we, we all do, do all want to be positive and we all want to be um, positive contributors and we do prefer to be happy, but you know, there's, there is a danger in the constant, I have to be happy all the time. I have to be happy all the time. And I, and I think it's okay that we're allowed to stop and say, I feel frustrated. I feel angry. You know, things aren't working. And if we don't actually stop and, as you're saying, if we don't actually stop and readjust and reassess and review and, you know, evaluate, we are going to steamroll ourselves and others. And I, and I think that, you know, we feel like, well, no one will talk to me. You know, no one will like me if I get all negative. But, you know, I think we've just got to take that time out to ourselves and just just let it happen and then move. I think- Otherwise, don't you think that I feel like you, it it shows up in really inappropriate ways. You know, you blow up at somebody instead of being able to say, you know, I don't feel that great. And I hope that you can um, be kind over dinner because, you know, (laughs) like that, you know what I mean? And so I think then you can start to ask for what you need. And I think this is another thing that's really hard for people. So um, when you're, even when you're, making change like you know i do hundreds of draw your future individual sessions for people mm. every year i do big company ones you know like microsoft and amazon and all those yeah. but i do individual ones because i think that for me that's where the juice is right mm. um it's not that the other isn't juicy but it's more like for <laughs> i always say it's working for the man you know, whenever you're working for a big corporation, to me, it feels like you're under the umbrella of whoever is the CEO of that, unless it's a woman. And then, um, but either way, you're working for somebody else. But when you're working with uh, entrepreneurs, they're going to tell you straight up, I'm scared, I can't do it. And then you can, then, you know, I can become the PEP commissioner and I can help them or I can give them a tip. I can give them some um some kind of inner guidance that they can find of their own, right? Um, but the picture is is the powerful thing, really. Yeah, but I, I agree. But I think that sometimes we have so many other things going on that that even though the picture's there and the picture's powerful, we've still got all these defaults that we keep going back to. And, you know, I think we were born with uh, a great default. However, I think that our environment and our, we've learned, we've got learned, learned defaults that we keep going back to that tip us off the rails. But you taught me a, a great tip. And, you know, it was, it's, this is what, you know, and I do this with people, we've got this whole mind, whole big toolbox of stuff, and we forget that we've got them. But then somebody mentions something, you think, ah, you know what you should do? This would help. And you said to me, and I want to share this with the audience because this has been a magnificent tip. You said to me, and I don't remember the name of the person, but the 2020. Oh, yeah. Ram Sharaf. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, that has been um, phenomenal. You can explain it and then I'll tell you what's happened to me after you. Okay. Talk. All right. So, he, you know, his thing is 2020. You want to set the day with a, with a really great start. And so what he does is he calls it the 5 a.m. club. So he gets up at 5 a.m. And then he spends the first 20 minutes like 
full on sweaty exercise, like make yourself sweat because that's how you detox, right? And so it's really good for your body to sweat. And then the next thing, after you've done your 20 minutes of sweating, and I, I actually do a thing where I do uh, a minute on 30 seconds off, a minute on 30 seconds off for those 20 minutes. So I don't care what I'm doing. I can do it anywhere in any hotel. I can run up and down, you know, push-ups and sit-ups, all the things that do it. Um, then the second one, the second 20 is um, self-reflection. So you do, um, you know, if you meditate, that's a good time for your meditation or prayer. Also to um, just review and journal about what you're learning is just so helpful. You know, we don't often stop and many of many people journal now all the time. So I'm, I'm speaking to the people who are not and haven't brought it as a habit yet, but it really helps you to understand what's going on. And it's also another detox mechanism because you write out all the stuff that you would, you know, be thinking in your head, right? So you write all that stuff out. And the third is that you learn something that you listen to a podcast or you read a book or, you know, um, something that you're actually learning because mm -hmm. if you're helping people at all in any way, and if you're in the world, you're helping people because that's your, your job really is service to others. Right. And, and if you haven't figured that out yet, that's a whole other conversation. But once you get that, then you realize you want to be good at that, no matter what kind of conversation you're having. You want to be good at listening or you want to be good at um, teaching entrepreneurs how to, or leadership skills like what you do. You know, you, you have to learn something. And I just feel like the my reading time is essential because I love it. I love to learn. And, you know, like I'm going to be an every every moment learner for the rest of my life, I think. Aren't you? I mean, it's so fun. Yeah, I'm addicted to learning. It's not a bad addiction, but it's, it can have you up late at night, but it's a great addiction. Definitely, definitely can. Well, I've been doing that 2020 and, um, you know, and I haven't done it for like, I think it was seven days ago, or eight days ago, you talked talk to me about it. And, you know, I've had, had a, a sick cow and a sick donkey and I'm just, and we, we got three truckloads of hay and my God, my body wasn't going to get up. I can tell you it wasn't working. But I've, I've actually been running and I haven't ran since I was uh, in my 20s. And yeah. um, I've been actually going for a run up the up the, our long driveway and I'm not even buggered. And it's, it's absolutely surprised me. And every day that I've done it, which has been about four days out of the last seven or eight, um, my workload, I'm just smashing through work and yeah. my energy is so much more aligned. So yeah. much, so many more great things are coming back to me. It's just yeah. effortless. And I really want to get that to people because, wow, the difference it's made. Yeah. And that was just simply you sharing one of those tiny tips that you've got in your mind, you know, hey, this is a great idea. And it's been phenomenal. So I want to thank you for even, even taking the what we were doing didn't even include that, but you threw that in and, and it's made a, a massive difference to me. So yeah. thank you. Now You're my welcome. next thing is <laughs> thank you. Your that drawing behind you for those who will see the YouTube visual um is is incredible. And you say you're not an artist. Now I know a lot of people are going to be looking at that saying, Oh my God, she thinks she's not an artist, but there's no way I could do that. So what do you say to people who think like me? Um, I'm just a stick figure drawer, and I know you said you started, but how do you how do you start to expand that so that your pictures look a little bit more like people and and real things? 
Well, you know, um, this, this, um, this father, his daughter, he said to her, oh, gosh, I wish I could draw like you. And she turned to him and she said, you just have to practice. And that was the truth. And that it is really what it is, is that um, if you look at the surrounding that you're in, you know, like if I look around the room that I'm in, I've got some box lights here. That's a square. It's got a stem on it, a tripod that's holding it up. That's a line. And it's got three lines coming out the bottom. And so everything in the universe is made up of these very simple shapes, a square, you know, triangle, circle, period, dot, line, all that. And so if you can um, train yourself to see what you're looking at, like take the time to look at it and then sketch what you see, you will not believe how good you'll get at drawing. Because mm. drawing... Um, things in the real world is, is the easier part. And it will train your brain to think about the image that you see in your imagination with the same tactic and technique, which means if I am saying I want to draw a house, um, then I'm probably going to draw the house I always drew when I was a child. I might make it look a little better, but not much because we start where we left off. And, and I don't really care about being a fine artist. I care about being a fast artist. So I'm okay with drawing things that don't look perfect. And so, um, and, and we, that's how you have to stop. You have to, um, I mean, that's how you start. You stop the critic first. And you, so when you start to draw, the first thing that's gonna happen is you're gonna go, that looks terrible. And you can't let that happen. You just look at it and you say out loud, that is fantastic. I love that. I love that I drew my very first picture of a pen and it was so fun to draw. And now I'm going to color it and that's going to be even more fun. You know, so really I'm talking myself into it. But what I'm doing is I'm rewiring that neural pathway. And once I've rewired that neural pathway, I can just rewire it the whole way. Now, when I started drawing, I did draw stick figures. And the first drawing, I still have the first drawing I did in a company setting where I was drawing for this nonprofit. And you know, the funny thing is, is that my drawings now look just a little more advanced than that drawing. And I think that's okay because it's my style. Yeah. And everyone, the thing that's cool about starting to rebooting your drawing again from your five-year-old self is you're gonna find you have a style and you're yeah. gonna like it. And over time, it's gonna be just yours. And so the, to try to make yourself look like whoever else you're doing, you can do that to just copy their drawings. Like I do that all the time with my studio artist, Scott Ward, he's a fantastic artist. And if I have to draw people, I'll, I'll call him on the phone and say, hey, Scotty, if I send you these pictures of people, will you just sketch them for me? And then what I'll do is I'll take his sketch and I'll patify it. I'll make it mine. I'll make it look the way I would do it with it. But I have then at least an artist giving me some tips and no harm, no foul, right? You're just going to learn however you can. And, and he, he told me, if you take magazine pictures and you put them up on the window, put a piece of paper over them and trace them, that's another way to train yourself how to draw. So those are just a couple tips for people. 
I love it. And and I did, you know, you, you said to me, you better get your, uh, you know, your ideal client and none of these, none of this, you know, words on paper, get it up on a big colourful thing. And I did and I drew him and I drew and I copied a picture out of your book and I made him skinnier at the bottom and I'd never ever thought to do that. I'm so wow. proud. And I did and I looked at my, my ideal client. I'm like, yes, and I did exactly what you said. That's good, Karen. That's good. <laughs> That's it. And that's what you do. And then you've rewired yourself right there. And then the next time you think, oh, what else do I want to learn how to draw? And if you can draw every single day, just something, um, you know, you're thinking about a telephone. So draw it, you know, draw an old school one where they where you used to have a thing and it was clicked up or on the wall. You remember those? Get them yep, on the yep. wall. Um, you know, that kind I mean, some people that are listening, you don't even know what we're talking about, but you know, before it was like something you put in your pocket, like it hung on the wall and you had to like line up in a chair if you had siblings to get to use it. That's my turn, you know. <laughs> and everybody in the house could hear your conversation. Exactly. You can never like have it. You had to use code. It was terrible. Um, anyway, so that's one thing. And then, of course, I teach drawing online. I do these very um, affordable online classes, four weeks worth of drawing, and people... I mean, honestly, they start at zero and they leave at five. And if 10's the optimum, right, that's like halfway to the goal. And everybody has the basics. And we draw icons and people and roadmaps and landscapes and everything that you would ever use if you were running a meeting with somebody else and you wanted to put it into a picture so that you have it. Yeah, and you get templates and stuff like that. And I think that's important and um, to... Uh, I always hired people to draw. I mean, in when I lived in Denver, I hired a cartoonist. He would draw. I draw right next to him. He'd he'd walk down the wall drawing, and I'd draw exactly what he drew right next to him, and then he'd give me feedback. Because at the beginning, you always want to have a coach. You just do. It helps, and you get inspired by them. And then they say things like, "One day they'll say that's really good." That was a really good job. Like I'll still send stuff to Scott and sometimes he'll go, hmm. And other times he'll go, fantastic. That's, and then I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, we all look for that, don't we? I love it. Yeah, we do. So you, you did a TED Talk. I mean, one of your TED Talks has had 6 million views and I love the story that you didn't even know that. You know, it's like, what? 6 million? But you know, you, in it, you talked about this company, you know, just to, to uh, sort of validate what you're talking about. You, you talked about a company that uh, they had a vision and only a very small 4% or something, you know, actually understood the vision of the company. And then yeah, 30, you, 34%, yeah, 34%, 34% understood the vision and strategy of the company. And, um, and that president from Hoffman LaRoche, he was part of the pharma division, Dan Zabrowski, and he called me. I liked him because he had a Polish name like mine, Dabrowski. And he was a Zebrowski, Dan Zebrowski, yeah. And he was such an aw awesome guy. And he knew that visuals would help. So he hired me to draw a picture of that pharma vision. And I got his whole leadership team in there and I gave them all pens and paper. And I said, I want you to draw for me. First, let's get the content. So they gave me all the stuff that had to be in it. And I wrote that and drew that. Then I said, well, what would the metaphor look like? What do you want it to be? And we went through a bunch of them and then we chose one and I drew the picture. I actually had a studio artist, Chris Whitman out of Denver, draw that picture. And um, then we rolled it out in the company. 
So I train the leaders in how to roll out a picture because if you roll it out correctly and people understand like all the different components and they have some question cards that they can answer about it. And then they see like, well, okay, now where are you on that map? And then they point to that person doing whatever it is on the mechanics. That's me. That's the part I do or over here in the marketing, you know, then they're attached to the picture. And when they're attached to it, and you rolled it out like they measured it afterwards and 96% of the people could could knew the vision and strategy and 84% understood what they did every day, how it aligned to it. That, that's success. That's massive. That is that. And that truly validates the whole process. There yeah. are going to be some people who say, oh, arty, farty, fluffy, rubbish, dude. And, you know, like this is just like yeah. just put it on a, an action plan or get it on a spreadsheet and get the bloody thing done. But what do you say to that? Because, you know, th- this is one thing that I battle with a little bit is, and, and in my own mind, I've never actually had someone say to me, what you teach is fluffy. I've never, never had it. But in my own mind, when I get a little bit of, I guess, a bit of imposter syndrome, you know, with um, big corporations, you know, and I start to imagine in my head, oh, yeah, but they're just going to think it's fluffy. And I do that, you know, and I have to really challenge myself on that. But what do you say yeah. about Well, Well, um, the first, when I first started my first company with Janine Underhill, um, you know, we had to convince people to use pictures. So we would fly to New York. And we go to one of the big banks and um, meet with their um, team of marketing and we would draw for them a picture of the future. And they would say things like, yeah, I don't know. We don't really have that money, but can you leave that picture here with us? You know, and I just thought that was hilarious. They knew it was valuable. They weren't sure they could get the money to pay for it. And um, what we know through research and science is that you increase your bottom line by 42% if everybody's engaged, right? And so that's part of building engagement. And the Mm -hmm. process of having a visual is people love it. They go up to it. And especially if you are part of the team that's built the visual, what's Mm -hmm. cool about it is they'll go, you see that thing right there? I said that. Mm. And then, and that's why um, it's powerful to have a live visualizer in the room, you know, someone who's drawing because they capture everybody's comments, not just the ones that the, you know, the higher ups say, they capture everyone's. And then everybody seems, seems, is seen and heard and there's alignment that happens. I mean, they're literally on the same page. So yeah. that's what I tell people. If you want your team to be on the same page, then a visual is the quickest way to do it because they'll see themselves there if they're helpful in building it. Yep. No, I love it. I love it. And I love the way that it's just, uh, you know, so many people are left out of the picture, you know, when it's um, the hierarchy comes down and, yes. and, and if, you, if you don't have ownership, you are going to be disengaged. And, you know, there's there's even a percentage that are actively disengaged that are actively trying to bugger up your company. You know, if, That's why, right. not, why not get them in? And, you know, and, and yeah, every, yeah. I think that every single person has got some magic to offer every conversation. We just have to... Well, you have to figure out what it is and they, if they're not in their niche, you know, you know that, right? And any kind of change management, like my early days, I did, I would go in when they would do a merger and they'd lay off half the people. And then the people that were left, that was my audience for doing change management with. So I realized right away, 
that if I didn't get all of that negativity out on a piece of paper, which is where I came up with draw your future, because on the left side, they would draw where, how they felt and what it felt like to be them right now. And then on the right side, I would draw what they imagined. But as soon as the current state is up on the wall and you can see it, it gives you distance from it and you don't feel like it's yours. You feel like, hey, that's how we feel. And we're together on that, right? And then you're able to let it go. It's a projective tool that art therapy, you know, they use with, um, you know, patients in art therapy to help them to project that outside of what's in, caught in your head. And that's why it's powerful to put a picture out there because it will get it out of your head and onto a piece of paper. And then you get better ideas because your brain then begins the linking process. And if you're doing a future pull, um, then your RAS or the reticular activating system starts going, does its thing. And you can train it to do the right thing. Yep. You, yes, you certainly can. I always say to people, just say when it when it when it's kicking in negatively, just say, "Look, hang on. I know you've got a job to do, and I really appreciate that you love me so much. But right now, I'm going to take control, and I'm going to head us off in this direction. So, are you coming?" <laughs> and people look at me like I'm mad, but I say, "Just try it," and that actually works. That, oh yeah, great. I love it. It's a, a you know, I love those little hacks like that because um, I was a drama therapist. That's what I did. I got a degree in psychology with an emphasis in drama therapy, and one of the drama therapy techniques when you had a patient or a client that you didn't like and you were working with them was to turn them into a cartoon character in your mind. Yes. So that whatever they said or did, they were a cartoon character and you didn't take it personally. It sort of bounced off and went back, right? And I love that as a tool, whenever I'm in a conflict with someone, I turn them into a cartoon character so that I'm distanced from it. And I can have a sense of humor about what's happening inside myself not outside to make them mad, but for me, I need to, um, so I don't take it on, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's a hard thing, isn't it? We, we're all wired to take things personally, and it's really, at the end of the day, hardly anything. Nothing personal. Nothing. No, hardly anything's about us, so it's a... Ever, it's and when I always say that, and then uh, yeah. my wife, Julie, will say to me, not about you, this is not about you. I go, right, right, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> But we, we all have to kick ourselves over that one. I love it. When you're talking about, um, you know, the putting the picture up and putting your past on the left or, or your current situation on your left yeah. and then your future on the on the right, that's so incredibly powerful because with our current situation, we're all, and we're all buggers for this, we all kind of go, oh, yeah, but, yeah, but, you know, I'll just bury that. Oh, yeah, I'll just steamroll that and I'll pretend that's not happening and exactly. I'll bury my head, you know. But when you put it on paper, you actually go, oh, shit, that doesn't look good, does it? Oh, shit, I, that needs to change. Oh, gee, I didn't realise I had those three things going on all at once and that's not. Well, or you see the pattern of it. I think that's the part of it that is really powerful is when you can start to see patterns. Like even if you, for me, I draw hundreds of maps in a year, not just other people's, but my own. Because whenever I want to understand something, I look at it by look, drawing the current reality of what it is and what I would like it to be a year from today or a month or a week from today. And then I close the gap, these three actions I'm going to take. Yeah. And it, I, if I hold those pictures up and look at them, there's so many patterns in the things that I've done. And I think, wow, oh my gosh, I'm still doing that or that 
is something I tried back then and it was very successful. So now I'm going to try that again, right? So you get to know your own patterns and then disrupt them if they're not working for you. And then you get to reuse them if they are. And with new new ideas, of course, you know, reusing something is, well, I don't know. I was in a, I was listening to a clubhouse today and they were talking about just having one program online. And you know, that hit home with me. I thought, you know, what am I really good at? Draw your future. What do I really want to do? Certify people in it, period, right? And all the other stuff is like, it feels like it's extra stuff and I love doing it and people think it's the thing I should do, but I, I know what I want to do, right? And so sometimes we get caught in that. Um, we want to do a million things and there's really only one we should do, right? I've been challenged by this for the last couple of years and I've been extraordinarily frustrated because this is good. I like this. I'm good at that. People want this, you know, and, and I've been pulled all over the place. Yeah. And it's only been the last six months that I've gone, no, no, I know exactly what I want to do. And it's that one program. So that's what I've had on my right side of my drawing. And and, and I've been focusing on that. And, and just going back to that um, drawing, you know, the current and the future. The other thing too I want to say about the future is that when we think about what we would like and how we'd like our life to be and when we're in our head, it's, it's I want that, but I don't know how to get, but maybe I that or should be that or could that, I, I don't know, you know, and it gets this big, messy, messy, unattainable kind of uh, yeah. uh, imagination. But when you actually put it down on the paper, you go, oh, that's actually achievable. Oh, I can actually see how I can do that. That looks yeah. like it, it's actually going to work. And uh, and I, well, let's just clarify that because I think this is a really key point. If you put on the right side of your map, win the lottery, right? That is something you can achieve, but your odds are very small and slim. But if you put on that something that you really want, um, which might be abundance, but it might be that you actually pivot your career into doing something that you love, then that is more powerful because it's tangible to you and you have feeling around it. You have tangible feeling of what it will feel like. And the more you push on that feeling, the more enthusiasm you get and the, the more drive you have to go and do it, right? Yeah, I, 100%, yep. Yeah. And I think the feel, we miss the feel a lot. And, you know, I've been talking to quite a few people lately about how you feel and actually stop and feel the feeling because the feeling tells you, are you getting cold or are you getting hot? You know, and, and if you can really tell the difference and, and the way we vibrate our frequency, if it's faster and more exciting and we're, you know, taking our breath away, we're going in the right direction, you know, but if we're slumped and heavy and slow, you know, we're, we're moving away from what it is. We, we really, our, our inner we love being. what we really love. Yeah. Yeah. What you're talking about is love. And I think that that's part of what we underestimate is that we know our true path. And yes, we I think do. that we get very distracted by the shoulds that we have. You know, we should make a lot of money. We should have a nice house. We should, should, should. And maybe all those things are true. But what, what is also true is that you want to align yourself to your true self and your path forward, right? Whatever that is. And sometimes those are very simple things. And they're... Yeah. 
you know, like uh, rescuing donkeys, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the poor donkey had a limp the other day. I think he must have been kicked because he's come good. But uh, you know, anyway, he's 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 good. But um, now I was, uh, you know, I talk about a lot with um, you know, creating your new future, and I, that's my thing. You know, I, I try to get leaders to say, well, you know, look, look, forget about. And I think this is something that we do. Um, we humans have just been designed to do this. We look for opportunities that are already created by somebody else's rule, you, you know, and, and I want to be the manager of my company because I can see that line of progression and, and I want yeah. to be the, the chief soccer coach because I can see that line of progression. And something that I work with people about is to you, you, you create your own leadership positioning. You, 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 you design it. You know, it doesn't matter if it's there before you, you design it. Like with everything I've done, and as I haven't waited to fit into a spot, you know, I've just gone and built it myself. And 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 I absolutely love that. And I have no idea where I was going with this. But I <laughs> it's about the, you know, the drawing um can can just bring a bring life into whatever it is that you can imagine. I think I, I love it. Love it so much. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that um it um I, and I describe it sometimes as a portal. You know, I think a drawing is a portal. It's a yeah, portal into your imagination, right? Which is really the greatest tool that we're born with. It, it can get you in and out of any conundrum you've gotten yourself into, right? And um, it, I think that um, you, and, and it's trainable, your imagination. That's the thing. Your imagination, it will default to the negative bias. So you have to kind of pull yourself back from the negative biases, the part of you that wants to keep you safe from harm, right? So it's yeah. going to come, it's going to mock up all the times this didn't go well. And so let's not do that again. Okay. Don't get any outlandish out ideas, right? That's what it says inside your head. And Pete Cohen would call that the duck in your head, right? That yeah. it's quacking at you. Shut the duck up, would you? And then, um, but when you, when you train yourself to, let your imagination play with an idea. Um, and if you can do it, like, you know, the thing that I loved about Edison was he would um, sit in a chair with weights in his hands, right? And because he believed that the moment when he was about to fall asleep was the moment when he was most open for exploring ideas. So when, his, when he would drop the weight because he was falling asleep, it would wake him up enough that he can continue to machinate an idea in his head and formulate it. So I think that, you know, your imagination is a powerful thing and it mm. pulls from everything. Yep. And so, and the things we know nothing about, it pulls from too. And so that's why I, I, um, I love it. And I remember a time in my life where you could not talk about imagination in a school because they didn't want you to use your imagination that that was, and actually I think it was like a religious thing that it was a sign of the devil that you were using your imagination, that it was giving you insight or whatever, you know, that was, and that's how old I am that I can remember back that far. But I, I just want to say that um, I was, I never paid any attention to them. I was like, I'm, I'm going to daydream right now. You won't know. Right. <laughs> and so, and I think that, you know, the, the best thing you can ever do for yourself is daydream. Daydream the wow. new reality you want. Just daydream yeah. it. Oh my gosh, there you are. And like your bank account is so 
amazing. It's just like so full, you know, or you are doing the thing that you love and like you've taken apart that car and you put it back together yourself. Like that's, that's my nephew in a nutshell, like he's obsessed with cars. And so all I can say to him is keep it up, keep working it before you fall asleep at night. Think about what kind of things you want to learn, put the mechanic book under your head, you know, before you fall asleep. I did that when I was, I just got my, I think I was 18 and I just got my new car. Well, it was an old car, but anyway, I got my car and, and I pulled it apart, pulled the whole engine apart and I put it out, lay it out in their driveway and mum comes out. She says, what the hell have you done? And I said, oh, I just want to see how it works. Oh, I hope you can put that bloody thing back together again. <laughs> but I did. But uh, So I think you and your nephew and I need to have a beer, I think. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think there's something to that, you know, and honestly, if you think about that as a metaphor, that's like your life. You, yeah. you want to understand how you create things in your life. And so yeah. unpack them because you have a cycle of manifestation of things. You make things all the time. The question is, are you making the right things for you? And mm-hmm. so if you notice what your habits are and you, and you log them, if you notice if you imagine something and work on something, how long it actually takes to get there and what happened in the process, then you get to see like, oh, look here, I got tripped up there. And then I decided I was going to take a week off, right? Because that's what happens when we often come up to an obstacle and we don't know what to do is that we'll stop instead of sometimes pushing through and pushing through. Sometimes stopping is the right thing, but sometimes pushing ourselves a little bit further is better. Like when I would be um, cycling in a new city or something, like uh, when we moved here to Dallas, I didn't know where I was going. I got lost so many times. And what I loved about it was that I knew if I just biked a little tiny bit more, I'd figure out where I was. And so I've trained myself just to work a little bit harder at something until I get the, oh, that's it. That's what needs to Yeah. There's a great meme out. I don't know if you've ever seen it, of a guy, two guys, it's sort of like one strip and then another, and they both got pickaxes and they're in a mine, you know, they're, they're digging through like coal or or digging through whatever. And, and the one guy, he's got this much to go. He turns around and gives up like, nah, you know, until he hits right through, but there's another guy with so much to go and he's still, you know, still chunking away. But I think it comes back to that whole thing is that we never know, do we? We're we're always so close and yet we, we, we always give up. Just, I always say that to just, just keep going. Just keep going. You're so close. I tell myself that all day. You're so close, Kezi. You're so close. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah. I must drive people mad. <laughs> I, I, but I think it's so true. You don't know what the distance between here and there is. And no, you so don't. you have to trust that yeah. everything's going to work out. I think that's part of it, true. You really do have to trust that it will all be okay, no matter what happens. You know, what's true is that all kinds of things that are hard happen to us in a lifetime, but they all happen to us so that we can grow. And so, and for whatever reason they happen, I don't, you know, sometimes I wanna figure out the reasons so that I can stop the pattern if it's pattern. Other times I think, hmm, that's interesting, that happened. 
that exchange with somebody happened. I wonder what that is teaching me about myself or the other person. And then I spend some time in my 2020 just thinking about what did that, what's the message of that? What's the waking dream of that experience, you know, so I can unravel the metaphor and get the learning. Yeah, I love it. Before you talked about, um, you know, fine tuning just to one program, and I get that because, we, you know, I need to do it too. But currently you've got some amazing stuff going on. Like you've got several courses and I've dibbled in, I've dabbled, dibbled, dabbled in a few of them. And I think that you just, I think you're a bloody genius, Patty. And I absolutely love you. I love you, you know, and I, I just, I do. And I'm going to say it because I think we don't say it enough to people and we and we'll get this funny shit going on about, you know, I love you. Well, I do. I love you. I think you're great. I love you too. I love you too. I mean, we're soul sisters from another life somewhere <laughs> i know it yeah <laughs> i think so too i i bloody yeah. attached straight away i knew it you were you just had me but you know you do um your draw your future and you're talking about that you know as yeah. being the, the key thing that you want to do so um explain that because if you know like i joined that that was the, the first thing i met you on clubhouse and then i joined that and yeah. absolutely loved it you know and i became straight away made me feel that hey i can do this you know you straight away made me feel well what i'm gonna say this because not everybody does this well over zoom you made me feel important and you made it you know you connect with everybody in the room and sometimes when you do these things the the, the host doesn't do that well well you do that well so that's a damn credit to you because uh, a lot you know it's hard to do that through a zoom yeah. room and really make people feel welcome you do that well you also made me feel like I, the, hey I, I can do this I can I can draw it I there's I, I felt such hope and such yeah. you know I, I, such positivity I was so enthusiastic so so with this um draw your future do you i think you hold them like regularly don't yeah you? i do them every month i on the first wednesday of the month i do them at 7 30 a.m central standard time u.s time right and so um if if i have enough people that are coming from down under then i'll do a 7 30 p.m which is easier for you to make than a 7 30 a.m which is i think you know, I don't know what time that is, but it's late at night, maybe even in the middle of the night. Um, but I don't know when it is or what time, and I can't figure it out right now because <laughs> But what happens in that, and you can sign up for that by going to my website, my classroom website, which is creativegeniusu.com, www.creativegeniusu.com. And, and you'll probably put that in the chat, but also the code to get in is DYF free. So draw your future free um, yep. and you just put that code in and then you're, you can come to the class. And if you can't make this month, just know I do it every first Wednesday at 7.30 a.m. Because I think I want people everywhere. Honestly, my, my purpose in the world is to show people how easy it is to make change using a simple mm -hmm. picture. So I work with kids and schools. I mean, I trained all the principals in the country of New Zealand right in how to do it um, not too long ago and so um, I just feel like it's a really important thing to show people how to do it and so I have a certification program for coaches because I want coaches to use it and I don't have a weird thing about it I have a cadre of people that I've coached you know that have been certified because I just started to do that a couple of years ago so I have about 50 people already that are all around the world 
And I want to have thousands of people that are using the process and that know how to do it well. And that they then come back and say, this is what I did. And I'm like, oh my God, that's fantastic. And then we can all try it ourselves in our tribes, right? And yeah. so I only charge one fee for the certification. I don't charge people to, you know, you don't have to upgrade your skills and come back. Uh, not yet. I'm sure someday somebody will tell me I have to do that, but not yet. So this is the time to do it. But if you can come to the free class, I think then you'll change your belief about yourself and your capability. And you'll give yourself insight into a future that you um, deserve. You long for and you deserve, and it will help you step into it more quickly. Yep. No, I think I think it's wonderful. And I'm just looking at the time now, and I reckon it would be 11.30 at night, except we go out of daylight savings in a week so or soon. I don't know whether that makes it 12.30 in the middle of the night or 10. <laughs> I can't figure where it can but I'm going to put it in the show notes anyway because, um, you know, what, what a brilliant thing you're doing, you know, and I'm I'm hoping to do your certification too because, you know, I, I already do all this in words and I'm starting to, I've already started to do pictures, but if I can expand it out to do um, this, I, I'm going to love that. So Yeah, drawing can, pictures is fun. Here's the thing you know is that when you draw pictures of the room, people have fun. They love it. And even if you can't draw, I show people how to pastel. Like that's pastel back there that makes the drawing look good. And I show everybody how to make it like just totally awesome. So yeah. I'd love to see any of your um, followers there and you too, for sure. And yeah. um, I can't thank you enough for having me on your podcast. I loved it. And I'm sure we'll do it again. I have a feeling we'll do it again. Oh, we certainly will. Now, we can't go without the main question, Patty. It's uh, I've loved having you too, I tell you. So this podcast is about um, get off the bench, inspiring people to take action, to follow their heart, do the thing they love, you push through the challenges. What advice would you give to people who are still sitting on the bench there thinking, yeah, I'm, uh, you know? I would say um, close your eyes and ask yourself, what is it I really, really, really long to do? and then write it down, and then draw a picture of it, and then go do that. Because one little tiny step after another will get you to that dream. Yep. You can do it. Yep. That's very simple, and I love it. Thank you. So where can people find you? Well, I'm, I'm going to put them in the show notes anyway. But um... yeah. You can find me at my classes, uh, creativegeniusu.com. You can find me on Instagram, up your creative genius. That's easy, up your and then Creative Genius. And that's my website too. And you could find me there. I'm on all the different, you know, Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. So you can search for me there. And I'd love if you connected with me on Instagram. That's the one I'm most active on. And I always give out tips and um, I write a blog post. So you can go to my website up your Creative Genius and sign up to be and get blogs, weekly blogs that'll come in. It's all about tips and how you can make change more easily. And they're yep. fun. You know, they're me in the backyard, sometimes on my bike, riding around, trying to get the dogs to chase me. And then I teach the lesson that that is, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. It's fun. And your Instagram is always colorful and, and it's, it's just, it's vibrant and lively. It's fantastic. So I really do hope people follow you, but, and, and I hope they come and do your classes. And Patty, I have loved this so much. You are such a gem. You've shared so many um, fantastic tips and I truly appreciate you giving up your time to do this. Oh, it's yeah. So thanks, thanks for having me. I really, really, it's super fun. 
super fun to be here. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much. See ya. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. How fantastic is that? And I am, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit, you know, uh, looking forward to what I'm going to do with stuff. Last year, I started, um, you know, implementing this stuff into my pro, into my leadership program. And then I did some more uh, workshops with other teams and, and and just by default, by, by accident, really, I put in some drawings that I used to do when I was uh, teaching at TAFE. And I saw such a difference. I saw such an explosion of creativity. And, and so it, it, I kind of started to chase after this and thought, wow, what's happening here? And Patty dropped into my sphere. And I can't tell you how... It, it, how bloody grateful I am and how excited I am to have her in my circle because she is just a gem as I said on and during the interview she's just amazing so so I hope you go and join her draw your future class the free one she was talking about and it is late at night but I tell you what it's worth it but um even if you don't do that but I hope you do just start drawing and and she gave some great tips in there about uh drawing and if you think that you're you're this future that you imagine or future you keep saying i'd love to have you know maybe i'll do it if you think it's not possible it it is possible and like patty said don't wish for tat slido and stuff like that like actually make some steps that that you would live a life that you love draw it out even if your pictures look dicky at first just keep drawing keep drawing keep drawing keep believing you know keep going to Towards that because wow there is nothing better than living a life that you love it doesn't mean it's without challenges because there are always going to be challenges in life but at least you've got this energy that's really true to you and you are aligned and you do vibrate at a better frequency so anyway I hope you've enjoyed that I absolutely loved it and um Get that thing that you want to do, write it down, draw it down and get moving. All right, I'll stop banging on about it. Again, thank you so much for joining me. I absolutely love having you guys here and I will see you next week. See ya. Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.